Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Daniel, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. At that time, Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, that would be the Jews, write that in your Bible, Israel. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, notice that time, that time, I'll tell you early, the tribulation time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, the bema seat and some to shame and everlasting contempt, the great white throne judgment. Those who are wise shall stand like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase in these last days. And then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? And then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and he held up his left hand. It's like these hands are up for praise and worship and He swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for time, underline that, times, underline that, and a half time. And I'll tell you what it means in a minute. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. And then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Daniel, go your way, for the words are closed up and sealed to the end of time. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but these, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you, Daniel, go your way to the end, for you're going to die, you're going to rest, and you're going to rise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Stop right there. Give me your attention. The vision continues from chapter, remember I told you chapter 10, 11, and 12 is one vision. So the vision continues from chapter 11. Notice it says, at that time, in verse 1. If you see it, say amen. 
at that time, at the time that the Antichrist sets up his government, notice Michael will stand up. Now, Michael is one of two named angels in the Bible. Who is the other? Go ahead and call out class. Gabriel, that's a piece of cake question. I'll give you some harder ones. Gabriel. And oftentimes in the scriptures, you see Mike and Gabe, they work together. You see that. And so God, Gabe's ministry, God uses Gabriel to deliver messages to his people. And Michael, the archangel, he's always fighting for Israel. As you search the scriptures, you see. He's always fighting for Israel. I like to call Michael, you know, the enforcer. I like to call him the terminator because he's the one that does battle. Michael. Now, now let me just be clear about something here because I actually heard it last week and, and, and I think it's a misnomer. How many of us have you ever heard someone say that uh, Satan and God are opposites? If you ever heard somebody say that, raise your hand, would you? Yeah, that's a good number of us. A lot of people believe that. Uh, That is a misnomer. We'll hear that God is the opposite of Satan or Satan is the opposite of God. Uh, Let me just say, to say that, that, that God is the opposite of Satan or Satan is the opposite of God gives Satan too much glory. That gives him way too much glory. Satan wishes he were the opposite of God. Satan is a created being. God is uncreated. God created Satan. You might remember, he was Lucifer in the beginning. He was the anointed cherub. You'll find that in Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. He was the anointed cherub. But the Bible says something went wrong with his heart, and he started to think he could be equal with God. So Satan is created. God is uncreated. God is the master of everything. Satan, truth be told, will discover it tonight, is master of nothing. You see, he likes to pose as the master of something, but he is the master of nothing. God has all knowledge, all wisdom, all power. God is omnipresent. We talked about that last week, which simply means that God is everywhere at once. Satan has limited knowledge, wisdom, and power, and he can't be everywhere at once. You know, people talk about they had encounters with Satan. I doubt it. I doubt it. Now, you might have had an encounter with Satan's imps, his little henchmen or cohorts or demons. But very few people have had an encounter with Satan, largely because he can only be in one place at one time. He's not omnipresent. God is omnipresent. So Satan is no counterpart to God. He is not the opposite of God. Nothing, (laughs) nothing is opposite of God. Let's be careful. Nothing. God is God all by himself. You understand? You can't compare God to anyone. He's opposite of no one. He is Just God. He's separate from people. He's separate from any being. He is God and God alone. Satan would be more the opposite of Mike, the archangel. That would be his counterpart, if you will. 
Now notice this. Notice this. At that time, during the tribulation, as I pointed out, did you notice Michael stands up? Why, Rodney? Why? Well, get this. Turn. Keep your finger in Daniel 12. Turn to Revelation chapter 12 and turn quickly. Last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12. Why? Why does Michael stand up? Well, Revelation chapter 12 clearly tells us. And you're going to be blown away when you see this. Look at this. Beginning in verse 7. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And the war broke out in heaven. And notice this. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of the brethren, underline that, who accuses them before God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by what saints? The blood of the lamb and what else? And by the word of their testimony and what else? And they did not love their lives to the death. Now, stop right there. We, we got to take a look at this. Here we are at the three and a half year point during the tribulation. That will be halfway through seven years tribulation, three and a half years, the halfway mark. The church is in heaven. Meanwhile, on the earth, there's cataclysmic events. If you've been around here for our study of Revelation, you know this. There are cataclysmic events happening on the earth such as the world has never seen nor shall ever see again. It's terrible what's happening on the earth. And mid-tribulation, here in chapter 12, we find that Satan and Michael, they have a fight. And Satan is kicked out of heaven. Well, what do you mean, Rodney? I, I thought that Satan was always in hell. I thought that Satan didn't have access to heaven. Well, that's not true. Satan absolutely has access to heaven. Where do you get that from, Rodney? Well, the book of Job, don't you remember? So Satan is going back and forth, and he goes before God, and, hey, hey, Satan, where you been? And he says, running to and fro throughout the earth, and God says, have you considered my servant Job? Okay, God, don't brag on me. All right, have you considered my servant Job? And he says, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, yada, yada. Job loves you because you take care of him. You got a hedge around him, and that's why he loves you. But if you take that hedge from around Job, he'll stop loving you. And God says, okay, fine, go ahead and test him, but don't touch his soul. Well, the Bible makes it very clear that Satan has access to heaven. He can go in and out of heaven before the presence of God at any time he wants. And just like, now listen, and just like in the book of Job, Satan goes before God and accuses the brethren. This is his job. Now listen, Satan is not twiddling his thumbs waiting to go to hell. He, although he knows he's headed that way, he's got a job to do. First of all, he's trying to take as many people with him as possible. That's why we got to be out preaching the gospel. That's why we got to tell people about Jesus. Because he's trying to take as many people, he's trying to take your family. He's trying to take your kids. He's trying to take your family. You understand? 
So we got to preach the gospel and share the gospel. But also one of Satan's job is, you guessed it, to be an accuser of the brethren. What does that mean? Well, when you sin, guess what happens? Satan says, you low life. You're no Christian. What kind of Christian are you? And then he goes before God. See, I told you that Rodney was going to fail. Look at him right there. He's failing again. Now, here's the good news. First John tells us if any man sins, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Are you getting this? Satan is the prosecuting attorney pointing the finger and Jesus is the defense attorney. So Satan accuses you and Jesus says, I object based on my blood. And the father says, sustained. (laughs) Isn't that great? That's the word. And so the father says, sustained. And because of the blood of Jesus that covers our sins, the father hits the gavel and then he says, case dismissed because of a lack of evidence. You see? Innocent by the blood of the lamb. And so this courtroom drama continues throughout eternity, and and you would think that Satan would give up at some time, but he doesn't. He never gives up. Case after case, he loses with the Christian. Case after case, he loses. He's not a very good attorney. Don't hire this guy. But he continues to accuse the brethren. This is what he does. Now, I want you to notice in Revelation chapter 12, it gives us the secret to overcoming the devil. How did they overcome the devil? You taking notes? Did you see it? We read it. The blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and by not loving their life. That's how they overcame. They who? Those tribulation saints. We'll talk about it in a second. But it's the same way that we will overcome as believers. By the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and by not loving our lives as our own. You see, by the blood of the lamb, by pleading the blood of the lamb over your life. Satan can accuse you. Listen, Satan can accuse you. And see, Satan likes accusation because a lot of Christians fail because they, they don't deal with accusation well. And they don't deal with it biblically. And they let accusation turn into condemnation. And there is therefore now, Romans 8, no condemnation to them which are in Christ. So Satan's going to accuse you. That's what he does. So Satan can accuse you as much as he pleases. But when he does, then you should say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. You see, the, the key to overcoming isn't how much you pray. It isn't how good you are. It's saying Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it whiter than snow. You see, it's by pleading the blood over your life. You see, the key to overcoming is found in the potency and the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. And notice, by the word of their testimony. That's important. This is when you're telling other people about what Jesus has done in your life. You see, Satan hates that as well. He hates it when you tell people what Jesus has done in your life. Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you sharing your faith? Saints, are you sharing your faith? I am so afraid, fearful, 
if you will, concerned that, that, that we as Christians are being backed into a corner to shut our mouths. Because after all, I mean, it's all good. I mean, you can have your God and 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 your God can be whatever you want it to be because, you know, we live in America and that's our right. But, 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 but the Christians, you know, we're being backed into a corner and, 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 and being made to be afraid and fearful because the world mocks Christians. The world mocks Christians. Have, have you noticed? Christianity is a big joke. It's a big joke. Big joke. And the media is no good at it. I mean, they, they, you ever notice the pictures? You don't see anybody now praying in media. Any, you see people sitting in a lotus position, and don't you? This is all conditioning our minds. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to sound like some weirdo, wacko, crazy Jesus end times freak. I'm just telling you this is the truth. Our minds are being conditioned, and we are being backed into a corner not to tell people about Jesus. We're being backed into a corner to shut our mouths when, in fact, the Bible says that by the word of our testimony, this is how we overcome Am I talking about positive confession? No, but I do believe that there is power in what you say. I do believe that. Now, I don't believe you can speak a Cadillac in, a, in existence or speak a house. In a, you know, you need to name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it, speak it, and it should happen. And, you know, it's all in your words. No, that's not right. That's wrong. But we need to... The, the blood of a lamb and the word of our testimony, sharing your faith. I try to share my faith as much as possible. Give me an opportunity. Give me a little door, and I'd kick it wide open. <laughs> I was on a plane coming back from Rochester. I'm on the plane talking to this guy, and, uh, you know, he's, we're chatting back and forth, and, you know, he, you know, he's telling me about his, you know, PhD or whatever it is he had and, and asking me what I, he said, so what, what are you in? He said, well, so what are you in? I said, well, uh, my skin. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> he was like, but up, up. <laughs> I said, no, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a minister. I'm a minister. And he said, oh, okay. And so, well, tell me more. You know, he actually wanted to know more. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was like, ooh, can I have a Coke? We're going to be a minute. And, uh, and a bag of pretzels, please. And uh, so he said, tell me more. I told him all about my story. And, you know, I'm from Philadelphia and a little bit about my life or whatever. We just chatting back and forth. And he went on to start telling me about, you know, how he felt that my success, he was reading a book about the leader in you. And he was headed to Europe for this big conference, and he had some 30 PhDs or whatever, very bright, very intelligent, and reading this book about the success in you. And he ran across, across, across a paragraph. He wanted me to read it, and I read it. you know. And he started telling me about how he felt that the reason why I was successful because of the leader in me. <laughs> I'm looking across the aisle, this guy, because I'm sitting on the aisle, and he's sitting on the other side. I'm looking across the aisle. I said, you really don't know me. 
I, I said, really? You really don't? I said, no. I, let me tell you, I, I, it's not about the leader or me. And I start telling him about what Jesus done in my life and how he has changed my life and how without him, I would be nothing. And without him, I would have been on drugs just like a bunch of other people. And I would have been whatever the world would have taken me down that path. I would have been in that same path. But because of Jesus, January 23rd, 1982, because Jesus came to my life, he made a difference in my life. It's not about the leader in me. It's about the spirit in me and the spirit of God in me working in me effectually through me to use me for his glory until he's done with me. Well, the guy stopped talking to me. I mean, it was silence. I'm telling you, he didn't say another word. I said, hello. Then he just stopped talking. I was like, okay, well, I mean, if you don't want to talk anymore, then at least let me know. You know, I'll shut up, man. But, you know, because I wasn't talking about that, though, because, see, I, I'm just not into that. I, I think that we have to be careful to give God glory for what God does. The leader in me, hey, I just said, Lord, take my life, use it. The word is so important to share your testimony and not let people, you know, make you think about the leader in you. But you give glory to God and you watch what God does. I pray that God would take those little words I said, well, a lot of words I said, and, 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 and use them in his life, some way, somehow, down the line. You see? But this is important. This is how we overcome. Don't let Satan bludgeon you into submission and being quiet. And so that's how we overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And then also, thirdly, they did not love their lives to the death. You see? Who's your greatest enemy? Who's your greatest enemy? Very good. You. Self. You know, people think Satan's your greatest enemy. He is an enemy, but do you know that you are your greatest enemy? Self is the greatest enemy. And you overcome by not loving yourself according to the scriptures, by not being into yourself. I don't love my life anymore. I'm living my life for Jesus. I died to self and I live for Jesus and I'm crucified with Christ. So they did not love their lives to death. In other words, you can't kill a dead man. See, if I'm already dead, you can't kill a dead man. And this makes me an overcomer. And so Revelation chapter 12, Michael's going to cast Satan out of heaven. He's disbarred, if you will. And he's upset. He's ticked off. And when he's cast out of heaven and no longer has access and accusing, he takes, all, he takes his anger out on Israel. Look at verse 12 in Revelation chapter 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. And when the dragon saw that he had been cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman, that would be Israel, take notes, who gave birth to the male child, that would be Jesus. But the woman who was given two wings... As of a great eagle, it means she moved quickly, that she, the woman Israel, might fly into the wilderness to her place. Many believe that's the rock city of Petra, the mountain of Petra, Petra, where she is nourished for, there it is again, a time and times and a half time from the presence 
of the serpent. And so the serpent spewed out of his mouth like a flood among the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood and the dragon had spewed out his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Notice that. So flip back over to Daniel there. So Daniel 12 and Revelation 12, Michael stands up and kicks Satan out of heaven and he comes down to the earth and he makes war with Israel. But at that time in verse one in in Daniel 12, notice at that time, the people shall be delivered to the rock city of Petra and there they will be kept safe from the Antichrist and Satan for three and a half years. And then notice in verse 2, when Jesus returns to the earth, notice in in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, when Jesus returns to the earth, then the resurrection will occur. Now, quickly, there are two types of resurrections in the scripture. Notice some to everlasting life, and then some to everlasting contempt. Between everlasting life and everlasting contempt is a thousand years. Very interesting. Or the first resurrection and the second resurrection. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.